When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The choice of a lawyer is important and shouldn't be based on an ad. If you're seriously hurt in an accident, you'll want all the money you deserve. That's called justice. But there wouldn't be lawyers if justice was easy. No, justice is not easy. It's fought for and it's won. At Brown and Crouppen, we fight for justice every day. If you want some, call 222-2222. Because at Brown and Crouppen, justice is our business. Spent four years in San Francisco. It's the morning after. KPN-TFM. HD2. Collinsville, St. Louis. Hey, Tanner, you got something for us? Yeah, man, we home with Freestyle and Song. No problem, man. One take max. You think we can do it once? Easy. Where's Coach A these days, anyway? Arkansas? Ah, come on, Andrew. Faith and hate, man. You know the worst thing about Arkansas? What's that? It's got Kansas in it. No, we're not knocking on the door. Rock chalk, yeah, how's the taste? Cause it must be hard to sing when Ratliff throws down in your face. Say your grace. Cause you'll be sorry in this title race. We welcome rivalry, but they're too scared to come back to our place. Thank you, yeah. like this? No. We're marching straight into the Welcome back to TMA from the Michelob Ultra Studios. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, you'll notice James Carlton has replaced Ken Strode. Uh, this segment uh, with Gabe DeArmond brought to you by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. Doug, his number is 314. 961-4800-or-go-online-at-carltoninsurance.net. Morning, James. Good morning, gentlemen. How we doing? Heck of a little video you put together last week. Oh, I did nothing. KG just texted me. I'm on my way. I'm like, okay. Oh. <laughs> I shot a little B-roll there. and no. Yeah, me, you, and Doug were supporting You guys actors. gave great takes. I had a very limited role, but kudos to KG on that. But, one. I mean, Jackson's the one who, with a cigar, was grinding uh-huh. on the loins. Of- he probably could have grinded a little more, Jackson. I think I think there was a little COVID like a uh, little barrier there mm-hmm. during uh, yeah when uh, Brady fumbled on uh, third and sixth there I was thinking to myself I just grinded on KG a touch harder <laughs> oh. maybe Connor Tolleson doesn't legal snap earlier mm. and mm. Uh, well, let's get the perspective of the great Gabe Diarman of PowerMizzou.com with us every Monday here on TMA brought to you by the great James Carlton of CarltonInsurance.net Doug everybody's great morning Colonel. Yeah. Hey guys, that was, uh, that was not my intro music to which I'm accustomed. I am appearing under protest solely because James is in studio. Wow! I, Otherwise, you would have hung up. Gosh. He's a Tina guy. Yeah, he's a Tina James guy. Has, James has saved the segment. Um, I don't. I don't know about the rest of uh, y'all, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Oh. Well, I know you came on wanting to talk uniforms, <laughs> uniforms, uniforms, but we want to get away from that and talk about <laughs> why Missouri didn't try a fake punt on fourth and thirty-two. <laughs> Wait, is that a serious thing? Yep, <laughs> sure is. Clip that off. 
According to who? Well, no. Ken Strode works on the show. Uh, he is uh, here and there, however, and unfortunately, he is not in the studio at the moment, but in the 7 o'clock hour, he, he was... I think serious and adamant that they should have gone with a fake punt on fourth and third. All, all due respect, please pass along my input that that is the worst football idea I've ever heard. Oh. Um, if you want to actually just punt, like I'll listen to the argument they should have just punted on mm-hmm. fourth and third two. That's that's fine. But a fake punt is uh, I don't know, man. Well, you put Burton out there and you throw in the ball or speed option. Yeah, what, what about the fullback guy? <laughs> yeah, could get a couple. <laughs> All right. Just break a tackle. Do you remember Ron Jaynes? Oh, sure. Yeah, he could have broken free on that spot. Yeah. Uh, Colonel, uh, so much to discuss regarding this game. It sounds like you're in lockstep, though, with Iggy, that you think the fake punt was the miss uh, on 4th and 32. Obviously. Um, Obviously. Actually, what about, uh, I don't remember exactly where they were on the field, but what about a 91-yard field goal? Doug, what about that? Yeah. Nobody's talked about the that The wind yet. was blowing with them. What yeah, you never game? try. Yeah. yeah. You got to take your you got to take your chances. You can't right. leave that out there, uh, Colonel. I read your uh, I read all of your stuff and uh, Gerard's stuff on PowerMizzou.com. One of my favorite things every Monday is the uh, ten thoughts and then some for Monday morning, and I thought you summed this up pretty well for where I think where most Missouri fans are is that they were playing with house money going into the game, and so a win would have done a lot more for the program than a loss did damage to the program. Um, and I'd like you to expound upon that, which you wrote this morning on Power Mizzou. Yeah, I mean, look, I do understand in the immediate aftermath, when you're up 22-7, you should win the game. Um, you're in the game with the top, whatever, 10-15, whatever you think LSU is in the fourth quarter. You know, you've got the lead with six minutes left. It is a missed opportunity to have not won that game. There is there's no question about that. So I understand the frustration of losing. But big picture, I thought best case scenario for this program after six weeks was five and one with a win over Kansas State and a competitive loss against LSU. That's where they're at. You know, now I understand six and oh was was within their grasp and um it was a little bit of a frustrating day. I mean, your offense gave you a big lead. Defense couldn't hold it. Your offense got the lead back. Defense couldn't hold it. And then you lost the game on what I think that, that if you change one play in that game, to me it's the, the uh, snap infraction on third and one. Yeah. Doug, Doug and I were talking about that yeah. as well. I mean, yeah, it I cost could, them the game, couldn't I agree more. And the, and the issue with that, because I know a lot of people don't watch as intently as, as you know, Help all of us in the studio, actually. Uh, Plowhawk, you watch a lot of Missouri football, and Gabe, obviously, it's your job, and James is in here, and Doug and I. Uh, the, the issue with that, if it's a one-off, you go, oh, that sucks. What terrible timing for that to happen. But it's not. It's it's his fourth one of the year. If I said at the beginning of this season, I'm going to set the over-under on snap infraction penalties at one and a half, I think most of us would take the under, right? I mean, it happens once. I mean, hey, weird things go on. Okay. But, it, it, and I forget if it's three or four, but either way, it's way more than it should be. And in that position, it, it just, I mean, it, it reminded me of the, the false start penalty at the half-yard line against Georgia 
it's literally the one thing you can't do because so many people in hindsight are saying, well, why didn't they just run the ball on second and one? And, and that's fine. You could have run the ball on second and one. But throwing a pass on second and one was not the problem. That's actually a great time to throw because if it is batted down or incomplete or whatever, you've got two more plays to get three feet. No big deal. Well, as soon as you turn third and one into third and six, it's a whole different yeah. thing. You can't run on third and six. It's a... It's a. I mean, you can, but then you're almost guaranteeing you're in fourth down. You, you basically limit what you can do, and, and then you know your your all SEC left tackle pick the worst time of the year probably to to have a bad rep and give up a sack, and yep. the, the, the quarterback fumbles the ball, and it all just. I mean, as soon as Brady Cook got hit on that play, that that game was over. That's exactly. I mean, when you're, you're, we're, we're in a hundred percent lockstep on that, and that that's the other thing. That was the only time, and I'm sure there are others, but considering the importance of it, you, if you're watching it on television, I know you're at the game, Gabe. But if you're watching on television, you saw the DN making his way, and you go, "Oh my God, he has got a yeah. clear." Shot so I mean Brady had no shot right. on that play. Right. Now yes, he could have held onto the ball, but there's no way he's getting rid of it. Yeah. We heard Brian Kelly say that his LSU team was motivated by the fact that Mizzou <laughs> scheduled him for homecoming. Did you have a chance to tell him uh-huh. that he's bat crap crazy? Uh-huh. Wait, did he really say that? Yeah, yeah. he said it. Tw- mm-hmm. He said, Gabe, he said it on the field with ESPN, uh, and then he said it again in the uh, in the press conference. I missed the memo that it was homecoming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, sure was. Yeah. You know, I mean, I didn't see the house decks or the parade or any of the stuff they usually do. That's well, you were on vacation, apparently. Like a miss on Mizzou's Italy. part for not to have promoted it. Yeah. Hey, we're talking about the offensive line, and obviously we're, we're honing in on that third down play. But if you ask me, they had the cleanest pockets I've seen all year for Brady Cook in the first half against some probably future NFL players on that defensive line. So I'm, I'm actually more bullish on the off- offensive line heading into the deep part of the SEC schedule. So that's one positive I take away is he was very clean. Even on that interception, he had all day. That was just a really bad decision by Brady on the interception in the second quarter, which I think that turned the game. I mean, they were they were they yeah, are in the driver's seat there. big time I, there until that. And I that agree. was not under pressure. But uh, but on the negative side, and we saw this with Kadarius Tony in week one for the Chiefs, they may not have any other wide receiver options. Mizzou does have legitimate tight end options. And on Steven's yeah. second drop, that should have been it. God he had almighty. four drops. Yeah. Four drops. Yeah. So on the offensive line, it, it's so tough to evaluate because you're right, the blocking's been better. Brady was, was kept clean most of the day. Cody Schrader had some running lanes. They had, you know, 400 and whatever yards of total offense. That part was good. But the penalties are just, I mean, they've got 19 offensive line penalties, I think. Cameron Johnson's good for one or two a game. Tolleson with the snap infraction. And it just, it does, it takes away so many of the positive. It's, it's like talking about, it's like assessing the quarterback from this game and go, well, if he just didn't have those two interceptions, he played an amazing game. But he did have those two interceptions, you know? So I think we graded the offensive line like a, a C or a C plus, and I think that's fair because the the penalties were just so damaging. And tight end, yeah, I wrote this morning. It, it's time for Brett Norfleet and and for Jordan Harris. I mean, Stevens made a nice block on one of Cody Schrader's touchdown runs, and you know, I'm not saying he doesn't get to see the field, but you just that's too many. I, I mean, four drops and five targets and. I don't even blame him for the last one. I wrote this this morning. How do you have a guy that's dropped three passes on the field in a position to drop a fourth pass on a drive that you're going to win the game? Yeah. I mean, you know, in, in that game you're talking about with the Chiefs, Kadarius Tony got pulled. 
it, he was out. They they quit doing it because it wasn't working for a long time. And at, at some point, it, it had to reach that because you know once it once you've dropped two, it's in your head, man. It's yeah. so hard to hold on to a football once you dropped a couple. Uh, Gabe DeArmond is with us here every Monday, brought to you by James Carlton, who is in studios with us here on the uh, Michelob Ultra Studios. Colonel, I wanted to get your perspective on a topic that I don't think was discussed on the broadcast. If it was, I apologize. Uh, And that is Brady Cook leaving the game. I was following uh, everything on Power Mizzou while watching the game, and you mentioned that he went to the locker room. I thought... The first quarter that Missouri played, in particular on offense, but also they got LSU to punt, that was from a coaching standpoint, offensive execution standpoint, it was one of the most impressive quarters against a legitimate operation as opposed to you know some of this crap that goes on in September uh, that I had seen in an incredibly long time. I don't even know what to compare it with. And I thought the Brady Cook that we saw the rest of the way was different than what we saw in the first quarter. And that's not chastising Brady Cook. I'm asking about his health because you noted that he went to the locker room and then returned, but I don't believe that that was mentioned on the broadcast. Um, do you have any idea what what happened and what play caused it and what uh, they were concerned about? None. Um, and, and we're not going to really get an answer. We did ask Eli about it after the game, and he said, yeah, he- when he got checked out, um, you know, he came back. They said he was fine, and I don't really know more than that at this point. And he's probably not going to tell us because they don't tell us what's wrong with the quarterback, right? He played last year with a torn labrum, and they never told us. Um, you know, Connor Bazelak could barely walk, and they, they just told us he was fine. You know, so we understand that we're probably not – maybe he tweaked the knee. Some people said they thought they saw him kind of working his arm, working his shoulder. I, I don't know what happened. How big an effect it had on the game um, – you know, a lot of people blame the third quarter lull on, hey, they got more conservative or something was wrong with Brady. Well, the truth is they had three drives in that quarter. One of them resulted in a missed field goal, and they only had to attempt the field goal because of back-to-back drop passes. The second drive was a three and out, and the third drive they had a touchdown. I mean, they should have had 10 points in that drop, in that quarter. So I don't think the offense was that bad. Then he leads them down to the, the go-ahead touchdown drive with a couple of really nice throws in the fourth quarter. So – I don't know. I I mean, was he exactly the same quarterback in the second half as the first? Maybe not. But I didn't watch that game and think, this is a guy that's hurting them or this is a guy that shouldn't be out there. I agree with that. I, he just wasn't as good as he was in the first quarter. And, I, and again, I want to make it clear. I, I thought as far as coaching goes, I mean, if you want to point to reasons Missouri lost that game, I'm just not going to come up with coaching. And uh, You come out and lead 22-7 and play the way they did for a quarter and a half in a big game, your coach has done it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how I felt about the Kansas State thing. Obviously, I had the delay a game debacle, but I thought, again, it shows progress. Uh, you saw what was going on. I just thought that they they weren't calling the same game or he wasn't executing the same passes that he was in that first quarter, and I didn't think it was necessarily because LSU had shown that they could stop them so much as Missouri had hurt itself, certainly with penalties. There was a, the play, two plays, I think it was, Gabe, before the interception, where Luther Burden was kind of an, an, I think, an option. I don't think the play was called for him out in the flat, and he just overthrew him just over over yeah. his head. And not to say it yeah, would have been a big game. Yeah, he was under a little pressure on that play. I remember what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and then then I think the next player two plays later was the interception. So I just wonder if something had happened physically on a run or he'd gotten a hit. 
And then that also led to them calling a game that was a little more conservative or him just not being as comfortable going downfield because he just wasn't feeling right. That's why I'm I'm ISOing in on it just because it wasn't brought up in the broadcast. But your observation in covering the game was that he did go to, to the locker room. So I would imagine a lot of fans aren't aware that he wasn't the same guy, at least in some capacity, because they were concerned enough to take him into the locker room. Yeah, and then, uh, again, it's it's where we've been the last couple of years. Hey, if he's out there, then they consider him the best option, and, and you go from there. And, and like I said, I mean, we're not going to get a straight answer about what happened, which is fine. I, like, I'm not complaining about that. I get it. Um, you know, you don't want to tell the – you don't want to tell Kentucky, hey, this is where Brady's hurt. Right. Maybe go after him there. Um, so, it, it's fine. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I didn't think it had a major impact on the game. Um, I just thought Missouri put itself in some bad positions with penalties and drops, and I thought that was what stalled the offense out more than you know the approach or what Brady could or couldn't do. Hey, Gabe, after last week's game, I know you're out of town, but Eli was asked about Marquise Johnson, and his, I think, direct quote was, we need to get him the ball more. He had 13 snaps on Saturday. Jackson always likes to talk about how he can take the top off. And uh, in the second half, it looks like LSU made some pretty good adjustments on Luther Burden, whose second half stats were night and day compared to the first half. Why is Johnson not on the field more if he's the kind of guy that can distract the defense and at least get that attention downfield? Well, here's the thing. Um, When you put Marquise Johnson out there right now, everybody kind of knows what he's doing, right? Um, And and they need to find some different ways to get him the ball so that you don't just go, hey, 17's on the field, watch the deep ball. Um, but that's been his main thing. And, and at wide receiver, honestly, I mean, Burden's leading the country in in receiving. Theo Weiss has had a good year. Mookie Cooper is having by far his best year. I, I don't know, uh, unless you take the tight end off the field and put Marquise Johnson in, and then obviously you're, you're probably hurting your ability to block and run the football. Um, you know, I, I don't know who you take the snaps away from. Uh, and, and I think it's a thing where, we just automatically assume if we see a guy for 13 snaps and he's good, we assume he'll be good better for 26. That's not always the case. Some of these guys work because they just do certain things really well and you find the right spot for them. And, you know, he's, he's six games into his career. He's going to get more responsibility as they go on. Uh, the other thing to remember is they played this game without Makai Miller. He's going to come back. So Marquise Johnson, for, for all the good he's doing right now, he's the fifth wide receiver on the team and the it's tough to argue he should be higher than that, in my opinion. How do you expect him to respond next week at Kentucky? What, what kind of Mizzou team you think we'll see? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought I was impressed with the fight and, and the toughness they showed. You know, after you fall behind in that game, it would be easy to say, well, gave it a shot and we're done. But they came back. They took the lead again. Um, it, they just didn't quite make enough plays in the end. I, I don't look at this as a team that I think – LSU's going to beat them twice. I mean, they may lose against Kentucky because this is a very evenly matched game, but I would expect Missouri to play well. Uh-huh. Despite the uniforms that they wore Saturday? Uh, I, sorry, I, you dropped out there. Anybody <laughs> seen it? Yeah, I just like to see gold pants is all. But yeah. I, know, I know that's important <laughs> okay. to you as well. I know it's important to you as well. That's why I bring it up. It is. It is. It's yeah. a big deal. Uh, Colonel, uh, in reading what you uh, wrote this morning, I thought uh, I think this is this is a, a fair assessment. 
and I actually share your thoughts on it, which I know will sound crazy and, and Homer, but then the second part of it will sound, oh, I'm anti-Mizzou. So it's great. I'm, I'm reaching both fan uh, wings of the fan sure. base uh, of our audience by being either pro-Missouri or anti-Missouri for hardcore Missouri fans. I could see them winning any of the six games remaining. Yes, I include Athens-Georgia. I'm not expecting it, but I could see it. Uh, and I also could see them losing any of the six games they have remaining. And you you wrote that, and I I share that opinion. I think it's a wide delta. I expected them to be at worst four and two, so this whole thing about they're five and one, I mean, that's great. But but what what else are they supposed to be? Four and two, five and one, or six and oh are really the only choices if you're going to have a serious conversation about a football team in October around here. Um, but now you have the games that are, would feature a lot of toss-ups where they're going to be either single-digit favorites or single-digit underdogs minus, I think, uh, Georgia. Otherwise, yeah. I think they're going to be single-digit favorites or, or single-digit underdogs. I think this team has 9 to 10. Well, no, I'm sorry. I think they've got probably five or six swing games on the schedule total. Um, they're one and zero so far. Kansas State was a swing game. Right. LSU wasn't because in August nobody expected them to win that, and nobody expected them to lose any. You knew they were going to be four and one, and the K State game would determine five and one or four and two. Uh, from here on out, Kentucky's a swing game. South Carolina's a swing game. Florida's a swing game. Tennessee's a swing game, and Arkansas's a swing game. Um, you know what you do in those five games. I, I think the ceiling for this team is ten and two uh, because. Even if they do, and I don't think it's impossible that they win at Georgia, but it's unlikely. But even if they win that, like, they could win any game on their schedule, but they're not going to win every game on their schedule. And they could lose any game on their schedule, but they're not going to lose every game. So I, I think the floor is realistically probably 7-5. and five. Uh, The ceiling's 10-2. and two. And, I, you know, there's obviously a, a huge difference uh, in those two things. And, if you start out five and zero, oh, there's no way to, to look at seven and five as anything but but fairly uh, disappointing. So obviously you want to want to get past that. I said this morning, I, I think they're probably an eight win team. I, I think nine's more likely than seven. But if I had to pick, you know, the record down the stretch, I'd go three and three in the last six. And I don't know which three would be on either side necessarily. You surprised at all how well Cody Schrader has played? I- I know he had a, a big career at Truman State, but I don't think anybody expected a whole lot of him at Mizzou. And he's one of the leading rushers in the SEC. Yeah, look, I've been right there with the people trying to say, hey, this is a really nice story, but you just can't be a good SEC team if this is your number one back. And, and I'm wrong. He, it, the kid has worked his butt off. He has done a great job. I mean, he's good for one carry a game that you go, oh, man, that kind of turned things around. He had a 52-yarder on the uh, – on Saturday, he also had the 21-yard touchdown. You know, but he's going to give you at least one play that that really kind of flips things in your favor. And he got, I think, 63 of the 71 snaps at running back on Saturday. So he's the guy, uh, no question. Yeah, he's really been pretty remarkable. He just doesn't look the part, really. But I guess he's faster than what what we think, and must be yeah, I mean, must be he, very he, strong because he's, he's not a big guy. He's got two things going for him. He's really decisive. You know, he doesn't dance. He goes, and and sometimes that means, hey, he runs into the left guard and it's only three yards, but sometimes that's the best you can do out of a play. You know, three is better than negative three. The second thing, he's got really good vision, I think. Like, he sees the hole, and he knows where to take the football. 
And that is, that's an incredibly underrated. I, I think it's probably the most important thing for a running back. Cause like everybody's fast out there, you know, everybody's strong. Um, but, but you've got to be able to, to take the ball and, and either know where the play should go. And if that's not there, know where the play can go. If, if your initial hole was plugged. Gabe DeArmond brought to you by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. Colonel, uh, before we let you go, tell, uh, tell us about that Ryder Cup experience in, uh, in Italy? Yeah, you know, it was, I mean, I would highly recommend anybody that, really anybody that likes sports. But if you like golf, I, I mean, it is, it's unlike anything else, right? It's, uh, it's the only sport, professional sporting event I can think of where, and, and whatever, I, hey, if they made money, I would, it wouldn't wreck it for me. But, like, it, look at the careers of Rory McIlroy and John Rahm and Jordan Spieth and all these guys, and, and they all say, like, this is, this is incredible. This is the best week I've ever had on a golf course. You know, uh, I know uh, Bobby McIntyre said he was scared to death of the opening tee shot for like two months. He said he was almost in tears on the driving range. He was so nervous about it. And um, I like a golf tournament where they cheer for bad shots. Like there are European fans yelling, hit it in the water. Yeah, uh, I like that. <laughs> I like that's that. That's great, man. Yeah. Like, that's like a real sporting event. We don't have to be polite and clap all the time. I mean, they're hazing the Americans and singing songs. It, it, it was absolutely an amazing experience. Yeah. You're over the front like uh, two weeks, about two weeks, maybe like 11, 12 days? Yeah, we've gone for 12 days. God and uh, you know what? Amazingly, Power Mizzou is still, uh, still standing when I got back. And I don't know. I'm not sure anybody really needs me, to be quite honest. Are you thinking about oh, shutting no. her down? I'm, oh. I'm, I'm considering uh, booking a flight and just cashing the checks from somhere else. But we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Gosh. How about that? Breaking yeah. news. Yeah. That's our lead. Yeah. yeah. We buried the lead. Uh, Gabe, uh, welcome back to these United States of America, Missouri, and Kentucky on Saturday. Colonel will be with us on 101 ESPN on Friday and, of course, every Monday on TMA, brought to you by the great James Carlton. Thank you, Gabe. Have a good one, guys. There he oh, is. Thanks, the Gabe. Uh, not as enthusiastic about the fake punt ideas <laughs> I thought he would be. Yeah. Well, we can get him away from talking about the uniforms all the time. He's right. really pretty knowledgeable. Yeah, he knows his stuff. You yeah. could tell he wanted to jump on that opportunity, but he, he did controlled himself. <laughs> yeah. He needed to go on for 20, 30 minutes. I guess. <laughs> we have emails. You know. Exactly. Yeah. Got things to get to. Doug, I'm, I'm sure you're disappointed in hearing this, but after I got back from that game on Saturday, I rewatched that game on Saturday you night. Did? Yeah, I know you're the probably disappointed. Thing? Yeah, it's pretty quick when you're fast-forwarding through all the, yeah. all the stoppage. But anyway, here, here's a few other thoughts I'll leave you with. Oh, okay. wow. James, this is the first time I've <laughs> I ever got, seen I got anybody notes. in the studio with I got notes. notes. This Ew. is uncomfortable. God. Coming out of the you second half. the balloon party? Coming out of the yeah. second half, they get the ball. They can set the tone, right? Mm-hmm. They get stalled, miss the field goal. I still don't know what happened on that field goal. It wasn't tipped, I don't think. But I like don't a... believe that it was. It was called blocked, but yeah. it wasn't. Harold Perkins Jr., they said he got his hand on it, but then they showed the replay, and he didn't. I don't know what happened. So that Because it was so short. He didn't, hit it, weird. Yeah. he didn't hit it flush. No, he didn't. Yeah, I saw him barking, Jackson. You're right at the at the holder about the laces. And, and then uh, LSU misses a field goal after Daniels goes down on that weird late hit. And Mizzou has all the momentum in the world. And then they go three and out. But there's a face mask, a pretty obvious face mask. Wouldn't mm-hmm. you agree? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that changes the tone of that drive. Well, and Cook. Yeah, on Cook. Yeah. And so now, now they're punting the ball, and then and then it's all hell breaks loose for LSU. And then Tim mentioned this this morning. I mean, the play of the game, third and nine on, the, like, their own nine. Oh, that was it. God, that was it. Mm-hmm. And they had him, and Daniels just does a great job stepping up. And Is that where he leaped over 
the no, offensive line. No, 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 he got enough. No, 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 no. I mean, this was, I mean, they were. He was. He might have been snapping it close to their end zone. Yeah. Oh yeah, he escaped. They it had was, him in the back. It was third nine. Yeah. I'm saying to my wife, and I doubt my sons were listening, but I said, "This is. It. I mean, this is it. You stop them here, you win this football game. Mm-hmm. This is it." Yeah. And they got pressure on him, but it's almost the worst thing that you can have happen with Jane right. Daniels getting pressure on yeah. him, because then he just get he escapes. I mean, he's like Michael so Vick or Lamar Jackson. Hundred percent. Yeah. That's exactly right, Doug. I couldn't agree. It reminded me of Michael Vick on Madden. Mm-hmm. It's like you just can't stop him. I don't know how Florida State held him in check. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's second half for sure. Super fast DNs. It'll probably get yeah. the top down. That's the only way you that, can. Control. That, I mean, that that is. I'm telling you, I it. it, it the, the, the Alabama game, I mean, I'm not sitting here breaking down LSU because I really do feel like Missouri should have won. They, they play ten times. One wins five, one wins the other Somebody five. But I realize one's a blue blood, and then if you say that and you're not a Missouri fan, it's like, oh, you're just saying that because you went to Missouri. F off. Um, the Alabama thing is so weird this year because Alabama doesn't score points. Um, and so the, what's going to win out when those two meet? Because it probably will determine the SEC West. And LSU has nothing but home games the rest of the way, minus one. And I can't recall where that is. Um, But either way, they have six games left and five of the six are in Baton Rouge. So LSU still is alive. And I thought, and that's why, and again, I'm going super into the weeds on this, and maybe it's more QFTA. But, and again, it was, it, I mean, Brady, Missouri is not, you don't feel as good about Missouri if it weren't for Brady Cook, which right. is just not, yeah. I, my issue with Brady Cook was I thought he limited Missouri's ceiling going because I just didn't think he had this, and he clearly does, which is incredible. But that drive where he did throw the pick, but two plays or a play earlier where he over, overthrew Burden, and then it set him up on a third and long where he had to pass, and he forced the pass, and it was intercepted. That set the tone because at that point, Jaden Daniels was barking at his offensive line and receivers. Their receivers had some drops. You talk about Stevens. Yeah, but I, I don't did. know what call it was. But it might have been neighbors. I don't remember. Two, two he had one early, yeah. Two different drops. LSU's season was on the brink before Cook's interception. And again, I'm not blaming Brady Cook. I want to make that crystal clear. It was just an unforced error. But Brady Cook has been on a scale of 1 to 10 of what you thought was possible he has superseded it for me for absolutely me. but that that was that was the turning point right there because i think if they score there i think LSU just goes okay screw it we've lost to Florida State we've lost to Ole Miss our defense sucks i'm not going to go out here and risk my NFL future this thing isn't happening and i think Missouri could have beaten them by a lot and that is why that was so just it, it, but again on, it was unfortunate but it was part of the reason why they've been in the spot they've been in, which is Brady Cook and Luther Burden. And uh, it just was so uncharacteristic because they were playing so damn well that when he overthrew him, it's just like, the hell was that? You just haven't seen that. And again, overthrew, I mean, he didn't, it wasn't a, a post route that he led him by too much. Burden was off to his right, and he just like, threw it four feet above his head and just go, oh, that was a little weird. And I don't know if he was hurt. Maybe he was, Ding, because in the first quarter, the two passes to Theo Weiss, one was dropped and one was caught, were elite. Those were elite-level passes. I'm thinking, like, Doug, last week, can this guy play on Sundays? I mean, he was was throwing Mm -hmm. some elite passes, and maybe he got dinged because, yeah, those he he was just not the same quarterback in the second half. And so I don't know what transpired. If he wasn't the same or if they go, okay, we know he's not right, so we've got to pull it back a little bit here. I don't know. Um, so it's something to keep an eye on. I agree with what Gabe wrote this morning on Power Mizzou that I could see them winning all six games. I know that sounds insane, um, but I also could see them losing. You know, I mean, that's 
that's in play. And so that's why when you have a 22-7 to lead and then you shoot yourself in the foot a bunch, and don't get me wrong, LSU did as well, you don't go, oh, well, that's good because, you know, Missouri's showing progress. Hey, you know what? One of the things we thought was showing progress was the defense. Well, you don't just assume it's going to be there because guess what? The defense is absolutely regressed. Meanwhile, if you would have had this offense that you have in 2023 with the defense you had in 2022, you would have a, yep. an elite college football team. But now this year, strangely, you have an elite offense with a defense that is super porous. With that said, you were playing against a guy that, from my standpoint, I don't know how many players are better in college football than Jaden Daniels. You know, I mean, he carried his team on Saturday. Certainly. And you won't see anything like that uh, the rest of the way, at least what's scheduled on the regular season for Missouri. All right, uh, James, always enjoy the conversation. It's just exciting to have good football in October. That was a lot of fun. Even though we lost, that was a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to Kentucky. I know you bring any notes about rescheduling homecoming against a better opponent. Yeah, that's right. That was odd. He's an odd guy. But you guys enjoy yourselves. There All he right, is. That you. is James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency giving us his thoughts on the fun and games mm-hmm. uh, in Columbia, Missouri. And really, Colonel doesn't sound like the fake punt. He wasn't He wasn't really – no I actually no thought that was going to be the only question. Because he was going to hang up? Yeah. He was going to pass on us? <laughs> when we doubled down <laughs> about put Luther Burden out, I thought he was done. But he brought up the fullback sneak, yeah. which I didn't think would even be in the playbook. So, Ken Strode returns. Uh, Iggy, Gabe, not on board with the idea of the fake punt. Well, he was in Italy. What does he know? Yeah. There you go. Probably forgot to. I think football. he actually hated it. <laughs> well, but he wasn't expecting it. So, I don't... what do you feel about the fourth and thirty-two going for it, <laughs> Doug? He, he, he suggested a fullback uh, plunge. Fullback plunge. plunge. <laughs> yeah, just kind of a quick opener there. He got mad at Doug because Doug brought up the uniform. So the thing was already yeah. off to a bad start. Mm-hmm. So he was in a bad state of mind. I think if you take that uniform question away, I think he would have liked it. I think they beat LSU if they had better uniforms. The gold pant? Yeah. Isn't it nice when LSU runs on the field? You go, oh, yeah, there's LSU. Classic uniform. Yeah, look the same. Watched a little bit of the Cowboys and 49ers last night. Yeah, boy. Can you tell who is who? Teams look great. Fantastic. They don't change uniforms. Saw the Arizona Cardinals. That literally took me 15 minutes to know who was playing. <laughs> so is that Tampa? Who is that? <laughs> yeah. They don't have quite the history that the Cowboys and 49ers yeah. do. Um, I just like to see gold pants. That's just me. I, I figured they weren't going gold pants because it was a blackout game. I just thought they'd go black pant. But it went white pant but with no stripe. And as mm-hmm. it turns out... We were at the Hit and Giggle all Friday, but they were furious throughout the day uh, about those pants. The fans were? Yeah. That was yeah. crazy. And most of them shorts. That's what's so weird. <laughs> I think they look great. God, who gets upset about pants? Well, I, I <laughs> I'm still upset about that game. Well, yeah. let me talk you through it. What's going on here? Uh, it really Did you go? Where did you watch it? Uh, sports bar with all my friends. and uh, What sports bar? Friendlies. And... Uh, I was fried just, chicken? Did you see Denny? No, didn't see Denny, nor did I have any Where fried was Denny? chicken. I had breakfast beforehand, so I would be unencumbered while watching the game. Uh, did you go to the one in South County or in the city? In the city. Oh, gosh. First I live. That's oh, a I great thought, place. I, I thought the city one closed. This one's on, uh, there's multiple. There's one on, like, 55 in Bayless, and then there's, right. there's, there's one on Rogers Place, like, in South City. Right yeah, that's Tower the Drive. one where we're... Yeah, that's where, where, I, we, that's where we were. I thought that closed for some reason. I think they're under. Or maybe Denny. Oh, Denny doesn't own it anymore. I don't. Th- I don't think they definitely don't have fried chicken on the menu. 
Um, Dog? They don't. That makes me want to throw something. Huh? That's what they were known for. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, still cash only. I don't know. We had a heck of a foot fetish Friday there one. We did. Yeah, the pool tables are still there. Foot fetish um, Friday. Yeah. Uh, and Nicki Minaj mixed fusion Moscato. That's what <laughs> people were drinking. And it, it was really a lesson to me that I need to lower my emotional investment. Because a, a loss like that in October shouldn't get me that upset. But I was in really. That sounds like we need to. Work, it sounds like we're gonna have a big balloon party. I didn't realize that you were like despondent. It was like a beautiful fall day as I was leaving. Sun was shining. Couldn't have been nicer. And I was legit sad for hours after. Like, soup. Like, didn't. Were you look more upset the... about this than you were the Princeton game? Uh, uh, wow, it's even a thought. Interesting. It, it's. Bud tied for first. The Princeton game was kind of as sad as this is to say. Never in doubt. Right, I know. That's the thing. It's like the and Princeton... that's the case it is when you go up against Princeton in the NCAA yeah, tournament. Right. Like ten minutes, like in, powerhouse. 10 minutes into the Princeton game, I'm like, they're making everything they're shooting, and if they don't make it, they're getting the offensive rebound. So that's a, like, I don't think that we got it. This game, like, when they were up 22-7, I was like, let's, like, win by 40. Yeah. Mm. I, wanted, I wanted to, like, let Brian Kelly and his Columbia jacket-ass joke to, like, leave in absolute embarrassment. And instead, you lose it, and especially the way they lost it. Like, I was really despondent for On the crestfallen scale, where were you? Mm. One to ten on the mm. crestfallen scale. Eight, eight and a half. Yeah. What's like, the most crestfallen you've been from a sporting event? Missouri and Norfolk State. So mm. when you were like, at... That was tears, but I was a child. <laughs> so when you were at Friendlies, mm. were there patrons yelling for the fake punt on 4th and 32? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> were there people... Uh, me and my think? friends were debating, like, should they punt it or throw it? I was like, honestly, you're just hoping for a miracle, so anything will do. I don't think what they did was smart, though. Well, ultimately, like, this is results-oriented. it down, I, I guess I get it. That's, that's, what Gabe, that's what Gabe said. He said he had no issue with him going for it. Like, what are the choices? But he thought the play was ridiculous to run. It down. Right, and it's results-oriented. But, I mean, Theo Weiss was, like, a couple yards, maybe a yard short of getting to the yard line to gain. So, I mean, results-oriented. Getting, getting to the line to gain? He was like 15, 20 what, yards they, short. At the 50. That's where he, he ended up, was at the 50, wasn't he? Right, but they had to get to, like, the LSU okay. 40. Maybe I was looking at the original line of scrimmage. Yeah, 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 looking at that's, the original yeah, that's what you were looking line. at. Okay, yeah. my apologies. Um, yeah, results-oriented, obviously, so... But we well, were uh, watching the game through tears at that point. No, so. not <laughs> tears, but I was just like, I like, I like, I really don't like Brian Kelly, and I really don't like LSU, and so I really, and I wanted Mizzou to be six 0 going into. I just want hope, man. All I want is hope. I've it, watched football for my entire life with Missouri, and twice have I had the real th- hope. Th- but here, here is the thing, and I know no one, most people around the country certainly, and even most people in the St. Louis area would say. If if you wanted Missouri to achieve the ultimate prize, it's still in play. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a lot harder. The thing, the thing about it is, it, you you don't get opportunities like that. You know how how often do you really, where you're undefeated, you're playing that team? Granted, it's an eleven o'clock kick, but it's still on ESPN. Granted, most of the country was watching Texas Oklahoma, especially considering how dramatic that game was. Um, but you, when you beat a blue blood. Like, I think Kentucky might be a better team than LSU. I know that sounds totally asinine considering what happened 48 hours ago. Um, but I think, I think it's in play. I think, I think LSU has the, one of the best three players in college football. Uh, and if he is able to be healthy the rest of the way, they're going to be dangerous in part because of who they have left. But with that said... Missouri beating LSU would catch more people around the country's attention than Missouri beating Kentucky on Saturday. You follow me on that? 
Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It, mm-hmm. Because so much college football is about perception and, right. and blue bloods, even though you don't necessarily usually know who the players are. They usually change every other year. Jaden Daniels being an exception, Iggy's guy, Caleb Williams being an, an example. But for the most part, uh, you're starting to see that now with what you have with um, Brock Bowers at uh, Georgia. at Georgia and the attention he's getting. But for the most part, you're playing the program's heritage versus the actual players. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I mean, LSU just has so much vulnerability defensively that, uh, that you just don't get these opportunities. And when you're up 22 to seven and you shot yourself in the foot, that's why that's tough. Furthermore, I've been around long enough to know that these don't come around all the time. You don't get that game. If you're lucky, you get that once a year. But for Missouri fans, they've been pissing down their leg against take your pick of whomever in September's. And then on top of it, sometimes the team just isn't that good. And so you got to capitalize on them. But I don't I don't feel like that was a coaching situation on, on Saturday. I think if anything, you have to give the head coach, Eli Drinkwitz, and uh, Kirby more credit for the game plan that they devised. Uh, you have to continue to give Brady Cook credit and Luther Burden and the wide receiver core they have there. But when it's self-inflicted wounds with the offensive line and the snap with Connor Tallis in the fourth time this year, Stevens and the drops, um, you know, that, that crap. And then, the you know, getting kicked out of the game, I mean, for spitting on a guy, yeah, that's, that, that's, that's just you can't have that crap because it, it lasts until the next time you have an opportunity like that. And that might not be until 2027, as terrible as it is to say. And that's why. So if you have that perspective... You know, it's it's rather uh, brutal. At the same time, you beat Kentucky, you're really in a good spot to be a one-loss top 15 team when you go into what most likely will be an undefeated Georgia. Georgia's toughest game between now and Missouri is, man, I don't even, it, it's, it's, their schedule's relatively speaking light. I guess Florida, it, what used to be called, and I apologize again because I know I said Cleveland Indians earlier. Yeah. The world's biggest cocktail party. I am sorry. I know my my sons might be listening, and they they could have just heard that. But they used to call it that, Doug. Oh, they did. I was there. Yep, just got an email from corporate. We so I'm so I'm gone. Okay. Why was that politically incorrect? (laughs) I don't know, but I know you can't say it anymore. I I think it's the schools pushing up against it because it's underage drinking kind of thing. I think the schools are trying to. Push away from yeah, there's a belief that some, yeah, thank you. Thank <laughs> I know. You. I, listen, I, I'm not like defending it. I'm just telling you why I think the schools want to change. So Probably. either way, point being, Georgia's, you know, when you saw Georgia, uh, you know, come back to life for the first time since uh, skull effing TCU uh, earlier in the year in the national championship game by just skull effing Kentucky. Poor Kentucky was on the receiving end of Georgia going, okay, it's time for us to play. Enough screwing around with Auburn and South Carolina. So if they're still in that mood, it doesn't really matter what Missouri does in Athens. And it probably doesn't. Missouri beats Georgia and Athens, what, five out of 100 times, and that might be high. Um, but, hey, if it was the Georgia team that played against South Carolina or Auburn, they're vulnerable. And uh, and I still think Missouri can can play with anybody who's left on their schedule. But the thing is, I could also see them losing to everybody left on their yeah, schedule, so yeah. it's a wide delta. Yeah, well, yeah. That punt wouldn't even have happened if, uh, let's not forget, Mevis had a, I think it was a 50-yard field goal, which he usually makes more than half the time. For some reason, left like 20 yards short. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It looked like a push punt. 
I think I think the holder. It looked like from what I saw turn the laces out like right at the very last second, and I saw him and Mevis have a conversation on the sideline afterwards. So I think there was a hold problem on that one. Scott Trinkle Balsack with a great observation here. I forgot about this what? part. They nearly got the miracle when Jaden Daniels fumbled, uh, but then recovered yeah. his own fumble. Remember oh, that? Yeah. Oh, Darius that, Robinson that had him. Oh, it got a terrible oh. bounce. If it bounces no, forward, just, oh. oh, I see that. Could have been a Missouri touchdown. Yes. It bounces the other yeah, way. Scoop and score, or if you just pick it up there, you're like on the four, your own 45-yard line with a chance to tie it up. Oh my God. Well, oh, I'm and, less concerned about Missouri than I am about Jackson's mental health. If he's at an eight and a well, half, well, the good news is he's, a, he's got balloon party coming up, so they'll they'll yeah, be yeah. supportive yeah, and they'll, they'll carry him through it. it. Yeah. They usually advise medication at a crestfallen nine. Yeah, I know. So you're close. Getting close. To you need to pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Game Saturday is in Kentucky, right? Yeah, in Lexington. Yeah. Night game. Oh, I guess Kentucky would be yeah, like watch that. four and a half point favor, probably. Oh, are you gonna watch it? Hell yeah. Okay, all right. I couldn't tell if you were being facetious. Let's go Wildcat. Oh, no! Oh, come on! Oh, I won't oh, stand for that! Oh, no! I don't like Kentucky. It Why just would re- you say that? It reminded me of the game we watched at Tim's house. Oh, poor Gangster Pete. Yeah, yeah oh. Gangster Pete really. Will you talk about a crest? He was close to I don't nine. know what. I don't even know. Two and a half. Like, like it, 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 now I'm still invested. But if they lose to Kentucky, then it's like, okay, there's really now. Now you're, now you're just jacking around for, going the, for the exhibition games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just like, I, oh, I don't, I don't think they beat Kentucky. Oh, I think they do. Surprise, surprise. I think they get rolled by Georgia, though. I just well said that's not a controversial. No, opinion. but I think that's the only lot they have coming up. So you think they go five and one? Wow, so. good for you, Plowhawk. I think so. I don't think Kentucky's as good. Tennessee's certainly not as good. I think you'd put a ton of points on Tennessee. Georgia, you get routed. South Carolina is. Okay, at best. I, I don't know if I see a, a loss fully outside of Georgia. Because really, at this moment, if you were to set odds for all of their remaining games, I would say for certain they're underdogs in two, with the, the obvious being the one they're underdog in now against Kentucky, which is two and a half, and Tennessee? Then, then Georgia. Oh, yeah. Um, Tennessee, I would think if they were to play right now, they would be an underdog, probably comparable to what they are this week against Kentucky. That would be my guess. Again, these are setting the lines now. But what would that be then? That's t- that ten. So Tennessee, I would think, would be around a three-point favorite because the game's in Columbia. Again, this is setting the line now. So that's ten and two then. But, what I give them, right? If they went out outside, yeah, of they're ten and two. That's a hell of a year. I always wonder who gets to set these lines. What kind of background do the people have? They're oh, you know, professionals, it's but what absurd. do you do to become a professional? Uh, I, I know it sounds nuts. I mean, for example, the wizard, I told you he had the game 38-31. Uh, he sends me a screenshot yesterday, and I figured it was his picks for Circa. And I'm like, oh, he went 5-0 and again, and I, here I am with, not what I go, 2-3. and three. Uh, And I don't know how many people, I think the only person there was any chance was watching this is Iggy. The Sanderson Farms. Yeah, a little bit of it. <laughs> Wow. Sanderson what Farms. is that? Is that what a, is that? Is that a, is that a pro-am? Well, I had, uh, I had my DraftKings team together. <laughs> there was a golf tournament, Doug, yesterday in Jackson, Mississippi oh. that was won by a friend of the show, Luke List, oh. a five-person playoff. The only reason I'm bringing it up is he sends me a text and he goes, Carl Yuan, is that his name? Yeah. I didn't know there were a lot of Carls from China, but apparently there's at least one. Uh, and uh, who was the other guy? Uh, somebody else bogeyed 18. Had they not, he wins $100,000. <laughs> Nobody was bogeying that hole. Uh, and uh, and so instead he won 10000 The reason I tell that story is those are the people setting the lines, the guys that do that. 
that are able to do that. And yeah. it's so over my head. I would love to be able to do that because now he basically doesn't work and that's what he does. And when he, he's not like, like if that happened to me, I don't know if I'd leave bed for a week. Um, for him, he's like, it sucks. What a bad break. And then he's like, but I'll go win a hundred grand here in the next, you know, couple months because hmm. they're able to use the math and the math is, is accurate more often than it's not to say the very least. And it's so precise. And then once they set the line, then they pay attention to where the money moves. And in particular, the, the people who they know are betting. But at this point, the people who, you know, have the money to move the lines have people who work for them, who place the bets. If you read the uh, Billy Walters book, you talked about that, uh, so that they're not detected by the casinos. Runners, as they're called. Uh, yeah, but still, the, the line doesn't affect whether that ball that Daniels fumbled bounces to the left or to the right. That there, There's so much that happens. It's, it's got nothing to do with where the money went or anything. It's just the stuff happens. Well, it gets lucky. I mean, I had two lucky bets this weekend that I won. I had LSU minus four, um, pick six. So I backdoor cover that. And then uh, I don't get the overline in the USC game unless it goes into triple overtime. And it did. Yeah. Pac-12 late night. Brian Kelly was uh, not happy that his player took it back for the pick. Oh, is that right? Yeah, he said he had a conversation with him. They wanted him to just sit down, like grab it and slide. I I agree with him on that, actually, Uh, as weird as that is. It goes against your competitive instincts right. as an athlete. And he also caught it at, like, the 15, right? Yeah, and it would have been – he was, like, just a natural motion. Like, right. Yeah. time he realized he was probably already in the end zone. Right. Something else we had to bitch about. Yeah, something else okay. we didn't talk about unless you talked about with Gabe. I didn't hear it. Um, well, why are you kicking a field goal in the final play of the game? You want to – we caught it to seven. What are you trying that for? So you need a miracle either way. It was so, the last play of the game, wasn't it? It was fourth down, and so – if you theoretically, I understand where you're coming from. I didn't see that coming. Um, but then you get the onside kick and then you have a Hail Mary. No matter what, you have to have a Hail Mary. So that's the thought process. I didn't think there was any time left. I thought it was the last play of the game. They kicked the field. There, there wound up being no time left, I think. I think that wound up being the final play. No, no, LSU didn't have to kneel. They did kneel. So there was a victory formation. Crystal Ball would have run it. Mm-hmm. All right, time for us to do the design here. He didn't go him out the day. Fright Fest tickets, Doug. Plowhawk, have you been there yet? Probably not. No. Um, but you will be. Oh, hell yeah. I'm going a few times. Whoop. No, no scare braces. Six flags. Six flags. Oh, hell yeah. Place is awesome. The worst part of me missing the golfs on Friday was not seeing Tim's calves. True story. My ex-wife's uncle is a cardinal photographer. He had to take his contacts oh, out because of how much the wind was blowing out to center field in the stadium during the 1987 World Series. We call that cheating. So Iggy owes Doug a milkshake and an apology. Back, like it. back to the hit and giggle. I finally made it, but everyone was gone. Well, except for a tall drink of water working on his short game. He was like, hey, Buster Brown, you're late. You missed it. But that doesn't mean we can't have sex. No. I was like, I came for golf, not fooling around. And he just smiled and said, don't worry, give me five minutes and you'll be telling everyone about how you came. Dramatic pause late. What? And that is the story of how I knew Doug was the one. That's from Chief Spread Eagle. Chief Spread Eagle. He's new. Brady, Brady, come here real quick. I want you to go in that tent over there, and I want you to put on a punter's jersey. 
we're going to run a fake punt play on fourth and 32. I saw this play in D2, the Mighty Ducks. We're in the gold medal game of the Goodwill Games. Coach Bombay had Russ Tyler, the troubled inner city youth, with the nastiest knuckle puck this side of mighty Mississippi, put on Goldberg's jersey, skate down to the other team's blue line, and set up for a game-winning slap shot knuckle puck. Iceland never saw it coming. Yeah, I know. That was a fictional Disney movie, and this whole idea sounds like something a very successful radio personality slash St. Charles Bowling Hall famer would have come up with during a senility and syphilis-driven rage jerk session oh. after collecting his winnings in a bet that his glass-installing wino boyfriend backed him on. But I want you to get out there and do this, son. The state of Missouri is counting on you. Now hurry up. I got a helicopter to catch. Yo, Pop Pop, you want to come out here? Mm. That was his name right there at the end? That's correct. Yo, Pop Pop. Yeah, we do. You want to come out here? He's new. He did win $100. <laughs> did you get paid? You and KG and O-Town had a bet? Yeah. He pay you? Nice yeah. little note, too. Well, Cletus kind of wussed out. Cletus only won 100 I said, we'll go 200 <laughs> Wussed out or hey. check the finances? <laughs> I said it's free money for you. Just back me. It's free money. You get half of it. But well, if he loses, lose. he loses 100%. And you, you never lose anything. <laughs> Free lose money. I, I, give him, I give him the option. With these pretty sure bets, he can make some money. Cleta calls Mark Hanna. Hey, I got free uh, money. Let me run this by you. If I invest and lose, I lose 100%. But if I invest and win, I win 50%. Yeah. What do you think, Mark? I love it. Do it. Double. <laughs> I've always felt like a twink in a bear's body. My boyfriend, Simon, loved my big bear body, but no. not my true twink inside. Well, just the inside of my twink hole? Oh, My gosh. new doctor boyfriend has really encouraged me to let me twink flag fly. I have never been happier or more free with my body. The good doctor even shares me with a plastic surgeon friend of his who's also a vegetarian. So more booty snacks for me. He is also giving me a free areola reduction surgery so oatmeal will once again be king of the nips. Got a scoot to get my nerps pruned by Doc Daddy. That's from Doug's microphone oh, shadow. That's a bad email. Doug's microphone shadow. And finally... Ours is the type of presentation where a handsy old man with a Gatorade bottle full of wine feels free to drop in at any time and hang out in the line of fire on the driving range to retrieve Pro V1 supplied by his bicarious male playing partner for a long drive challenge by a senior citizen radio host that ended up covering thanks in large part to the heavy tailwind, but also the words of encouragement from a Bibleist married work associate who used to have a cardboard cutout next to the old man's obibless. Biblis married. Yeah, I was like this. Biblis married work associate who used to have a cardboard cutout next to the old man's desk, but they took that away, so he replaced it with a sticker that you can't really tell it's her. Yeah, we all know that. What are you telling us that we don't know? Let's say you went to Brown and you were traveling on the team charter, pounding mixed fusion Moscato with Nicki Minaj, Taylor Swift, Kurt Cobain, Tupac Shakur, and Biggie Smalls. And you were facing fourth and 32, down three with a minute to go. And you had a former five-star recruit who played quarterback in high school. And aside from having 140 receiving yards in each of the last three games, probably went under the radar in the opponent's scouting report. Is that a new report? 
Would you try a fake punt where you direct snap to the star receiver who played quarterback in high school who would then act like he's going to punt but then fake everyone out and throw the ball high in the air and then just go and catch it for a first down while the defense is distracted by the wine-drunk girdle-wearing man who is for some reason looking for Pro V1s in the end zone? That's from Buck Swope. Okay, nice little email. Buck. That's what we have for the design air heating and cooling. You made I'm going to go with the one right there at the end. Buck Swope. Huh? Uh, even that wasn't good. <laughs> well, I mean, it was not to, bad. The other three were so bad. <laughs> I guess just Swope just, by, just because this sucked the less. <laughs> sucked the less. Oh, at least. <laughs> English. <laughs> it's a beautiful language. Do you speak it? Uh, time for us to shut it down, Doug. Uh, Buck Swope is going to Fright Fest, though. Lucky Hell him. yeah, yeah. I'll see enjoy him that. There you go. He'll have a sport coat on. He will. Great one, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jackson and I are uh, going to our version of Fright Fest. It's called Balloon Party, and it's on 101 ESPN. Hop into the YouTube chat over there. They're not happy, mm. I can tell you. About Ready? Mizzou? <sighs> they won't be happy that we talk about Mizzou. Jackson, maybe we should just do all Blues stars preview. I was actually at the Blues game Saturday. So. You were? Yeah. How? <laughs> Thank you. That's my question. Like, what I guess we'll get to on the other side. I agree. Again. That's exactly my follow-up. Mm. You got a last taking you to a blues game. Right? You're going out with a blues girl. Oh. Um, it had to be. That's oh, my God. Oh, that's a big girl. Shove, shove, shove. That's the only way you go to an exhibition game if a girl wants Correct. And other, I don't blame there, you. There's other reasons, but we'll hear. you'll hear it. Oh, on one. Wow, you just got better at teasing. I can't wait to hear the answer. All right. Animal Jackson's despondent, so the texters on 101 will lift his spirits. Jeremy Rutherford at 1045. Time for us to shut it down for the plow, for Action Jackson, for Kenneth Eggie Stroud, for Kevin, for Douglas on Vaughn, for Tim McKernan. This is Ben. Morning after from the Michelob Ultra Studios.